has something to say to us. It's a, it's a new year. It's the 18th day of January. We're still making changes. We're still kind of flexing to where, to where the Lord is bringing us. The Lord is, he's, he's proven himself strong. Ever since New Year's Eve night, the Lord has continued to bless. The Lord has continued to bless. You know, the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost right now just if you believe. All you have to do is just believe the word of God and believe what the Lord says. If you call upon my name, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. You'll receive your deliverance. You just have to believe. You just have to get out of yourself and rebuke Satan and that foothold he's trying to put in your life. So I thank the Lord for what he's doing in our lives. He's showing himself strong. The anointing that we had here last Sunday morning, if you wanted to get your, what you needed, it was here. And so that doesn't mean it's not here today, but the bottom line is that the Lord is progressive. He is moving, and if you put your hand to his hand, and you put your hand to the plow, and you believe everything that the Lord says according to this word of God, you'll receive your Holy Ghost. You'll receive your deliverance. You'll receive your healing. You'll receive deliverance in your family, your life. All those things that the Lord has been talking about that he's going to give us, if we do it, he's, he's going to make it happen. If we sit there and we try to resist that, that's the problem. That's not God's problem. That's the problem. But what we're going to do tonight is we're going to read a little bit and let the Lord minister to your heart. And then what we want to do is when we leave here tonight, we want to walk out differently. We want to think differently. We want to have the Lord have a change in our life. So we want to submit ourselves to the Lord. How about that? Give the Lord a praise. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. He deserves all the praise. Am I right, Brother Brown? Doesn't the Lord Jesus Christ deserve all the praise? You came up for healing and you got something else. So the Lord, the Lord, he can, do, he can do a whole bunch of things all at the same time. You might have this, this, and this, but he'll answer that, 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 and that. And then he'll come around and get you and he'll bless you the other way. So turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Slow down. Slow down. Luke chapter 13, verse 1. Read a few verses of scripture. Familiar verse. And there were present at the season some that told of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices and Jesus answering said said unto them suppose ye that these Galileans were above all the Galileans because they suffered such things I tell you nay but except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish or those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them you think ye that they were sinners above all that dwelt in Jerusalem I tell you nay but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in, in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on the fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth the ground? And he answering and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig about it and I dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Sobering, sobering. The Lord is giving people a space to get it right. I'd like to use for a thought tonight. It's your choice. It's your choice. In our society today, we are very educated. We promote learning. We, we, we want people to think. We, we want to use people and prompt them to use critical thinking. We are allowed to think outside the box to get the job done at any cost. We are given choices of what we think and choices of what we want to believe. That's the problem. 
And what we believe outweighs the facts and the reality of the circumstances that are really happening in our lives today. See, what we want to believe and what reality is are two different things. But we, we, we settle and we want to just make that to be uh, a reality and a fact it's not. And so what's happening in our lives today is everything is relative. It goes upon about how we feel and that dictates our reality. What, how we feel dictates exactly, uh, just exactly how I feel. I, didn't, I don't like the word of God. I don't, I don't, I don't think you need, to, I don't need you to, just to preach it that way. I don't, I don't think the Bible says it that way. And we have got to the point that we've become in the church critical of certain scripture, certain teachers, certain preaching. And, and not only so much that, but we, we doubt the word of God. We doubt what God is going to do. And we have, what we're doing is that we're hardening our heart. We're allowing the enemy to, to just put all kinds of, of uh, uh, just barriers around our heart so our heart can't believe the Lord and we can't receive our deliverance. The fact of the matter is that there is a real consequence for what we choose to believe and it affects where we spend eternity. Our society has erased sin from its vocabulary. Sin is a negative word. It makes people fat, bad about themselves. It makes them feel just not really good on the inside. So they don't want to talk about sin. So now there's, there's no wrongdoing. It's all about how you feel. There's a, this, 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 uh, this uh, feeling of, uh, you know, um, uh, your attitude of mind. It's, no matter how you feel in your mind, is that's okay. There's, there's just no wrongdoing. It's just no matter how you feel. That's, and that's how we've gotten uh, how we, we are right now. There's no more barriers and there's no more walls. It's, you know, how you want to live, you live, and how you think, you think, and it's all well, relative and it's all good. It's all in the church. It's, it's on our job. It's everywhere. So what's happened is that we take it uh, from our jobs. We take it from our, our neighborhoods. We take it from our society. We bring it into church and we want to we just make it, make it so it, it, it's palatable to us so we can feel better, but it's not going to help us. So sin being a negative word makes people feel bad about themselves because people don't want to really deal with the facts that sin is destroying their lives, that sin has gotten, the devil's got a stronghold in there, and he's going to hold on to that whether we, whether we breathe our last breath or we leave the church or, or something. But that's still going to stay with you. See, leaving the Lord doesn't change or negate what's happening. The truth of the matter is that we have to submit ourselves to the Lord. We're in this for the long haul. The Lord has filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, He's, he's depending on you to make it to the end, but he's going to bring you through. But we have to participate in that. You might say, well, why is this the case? Why? Part of the reason is, why? part of the reason, I would say three quarters, 90% of this, the reason is that, is that we don't believe that the word of God is the word of God anymore. The devil has deceived us. He has deceived us thinking that this word of God does not match what's supposed to happen. See what's on that wall right there? If you obey that, if you don't have the Holy Ghost and you obey that, you will receive the Holy Ghost. If you believe it and take it to heart, you will receive the Holy Ghost. That's just how it works. So we, we doubt and we analyze because it didn't just happen. So now we, we, we've, we've allowed the enemy to put a foothold into our, into our, into our psyche into our belief, into our eyes, into our ears. What we see around us uh, negates the power of God. The Gallup poll taken in 2017 says, in the United States, only 24% of people believe that the Bible is the literal word of God. Now, that was 2017. We're in 2019. I say it's a, it's, it, that number's less. Just by the, the behavior of our society, how, how, how people are now we're, we're in pockets 
of what we believe in, and we almost have to whisper on our jobs and whisper where we go because we don't want to offend anyone. And so remember, we're, we're supposed to be smarter now. But this is, this, this right now, this, this 24%, the little, believing the little word of God, it's the lowest in 40 years. So we're not getting better, we're getting worse. So we're supposed to be more educated now. We're supposed to be smarter now. We're supposed to be better in every area of our life, in our careers, in our family, and financials, because of education, because of status, because of money. We're supposed to be doing much better. And if you look at the, with the, our surroundings and, and the people coming out of college, all this stuff, they, they've got it. You would think they've got it made. But, but they don't have Jesus. And, they, and, and, and they're going to come into a, they're going to hit a brick wall eventually. But that's the purpose of the church is to, is to help and talk to these people so they don't hit that brick wall. So we, we've gotten smarter, right? We've got the technology. We have smartphones. We have tablets. We have social media. We'll tell you what to believe and what's acceptable. And some of us are buying into that, what you like and what you dislike, that Facebook, all that stuff. And so then also, what do we have creeping in right now? We have now idols coming back into our society. I, I, I don't think it's ever been that we've had Buddhas as much as you see them all over the stores, in people's driveways, in the entrance of their driveway, in their home. It's not just a decorative piece. People have given over to this. Because you know what's going on right now? We have Christians in name only. That's what we got going on. We have, we have people of duplicity. We are, we are Christian in name only, but we are also now serving idols. We're not just serving idols with a statue, but we are serving idols because yoga has taken the place of prayer. And, and, and meditation, the so-called meditation, has taken the meditation from God's word to meditate to something else out there. And there's nothing else out there other than Jesus Christ. So there's no other God beside him. So they are praying to demons. And this is a foothold in the churches because everyone now is yoging. We, we live in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an area in Old Weathersfield, and, and in, a, in, a, in the summertime, you'll see about 50, 60 people out there just doing their yoga. You'll see in West Hartford Center, they close down the whole street and you see all these people out there doing all kinds of moves and yoga, and you have all this reiki and all this stuff, and they're letting a spirits to come and inhabit them. But then they go into the church and they do the same thing. It's in the church basements. They have all kinds of all kind of meditation and all that kind of stuff's going on. And it, 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 it is it is it is it is zapped the word of God. It is it is it is it is a cancer, but we don't see it because it's a foothold. It's a foothold that Satan has done. He, he see he's he's. There's nothing new under the sun. Israel didn't backslide overnight. It was a period of time as Israel backslid. But we are in the church of Jesus Christ, and we're supposed to know what this Bible says. So if we read this word, it's going to keep us from going and being part of that, 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 that slide that the rest of this society is going down. It's going it's to end up in a flaming wreckage after a while because people can't, they can't figure out how to get their, their children off opioids. They can't get them off the pornography. They can't get them off addictive substances. They can't get them with the counseling. You've got children that are, that are in fifth grade that got demons that teachers can't even talk to them. They're swearing out. They're all over the place. They're, they've got literal demons. How does, a, how does someone in fifth grade have demons? What was opened up to them? We don't have an answer for them, so we'll just, we'll just drug them up. But you know what? They're going to have to grow up and go back into society, and we're going to have to deal with them. People are loaded with demons. It's just a fact of the matter. So the word foothold in the Greek, the word is topos. It describes a place, any portion, a, a space marked off. It's an opportunity as if it was a surrounding place. Satan is looking to own a part of your heart and to bite off a piece of your life. 
the axiom is that if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Adaptly it applies to the devil. You must guard every inch of your life, life unless you end up in his jaws, unless you end up in his, in, in his deceit, in his cloud of deception. Turn with me to Hosea chapter 4. I've been thinking about this scripture since the new year, and I... And it's just, it's just fitting in our society. And it's grieving when you see how things used to be and how they are now. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this, and it has a lot to do with what we're talking about tonight. It has a lot to do with that. And so we're looking at Hosea chapter 4. I'm going to read the first six verses. It says, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall every there, there shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven, and yea, the fish of the sea, and also they shall be taken away. Yet let no man strive nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore thou shalt fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and, and I will destroy the, thy mother." My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's why we got going on in our society now. We've closed this book. This book might be the bestseller, but this book isn't opened up in churches. I tell you right now, if we go through a bunch of churches, no one opened up the Bible. If they did, they read a verse of Scripture and they closed the book. There's no teaching. There's no doctrine. There's no deliverance. There's no reproof. There's no instruction in righteousness. There is no reproof in the land. That's why we have, well, we have pockets right now, and people are searching for the Word of God. They want to know what's going on. They want some solutions. They want some answers of why we're living the way we're living and how do we solve these problems. We have to get back to the Word of God. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Thou shalt not, there shall be no priest to me, seeing thou shalt have forgotten the law, for thy God has also forgotten thy children. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hard and that's a, that's a firm rebuke that Israel received from the Lord. And you know, in the, in the new, in, in the, in the, uh, in the new living translation, let me just read that to you so you can understand a little bit more in the, in, in the vernacular so you can understand where, what the Lord was saying. Hear the word of the Lord, O people of Israel. The Lord has filed a lawsuit against you, saying there is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. You curse and you lie and you commit and steal and you commit adultery. There is violence everywhere with murder after another. That is why your land is not producing. It is filled with sadness, and all the living things are becoming sick and dying. Even the animals and birds and the fish have begun to disappear. Don't point your finger at someone else to try to pass the blame. Look, you priests, my complaint is with you. As a sentence for your crimes, you stumble in broad daylight, just as you might at, the night, as you might at night, and so will your false prophets. And I will destroy your mother... Israel, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. It's your fault, talking to the priests. It's because we don't know the Lord like we think we do. Everyone thinks that, just hold on a minute. 
But everyone thinks that they know the Lord. There's, everyone's going into churches right now and they're having a big time. Everyone's out there right now just saying they know the Lord. They're doing all kinds of worship and doing all kinds of praise. But is the Spirit of God there? Is the revealed Word of God? Is the preached Word of God being there? Is anyone telling someone you need to repent of your sins? Sin has a consequence. Is anyone hearing that? We've excused salvation. We, we have rewritten what, what salvation's all about. You don't need to be baptized anymore. I, I hear people. I drive around in my car, and I, I can't even listen to talk radio anymore because they, they've gotten so crazy. So I'll go to, like, one of the religious stations, and they've excused everything about baptism. They've gotten people so far out of the pool that no one's wet anymore. No one's repenting anymore. You just have to keep on doing what you're doing. And by the way, just send me some money so we can continue on this false ministry. And that's what it is. You know, if, you're, if you know the Word of God and, and you're not declaring the, the, the truth, then you should just close it up and, and, and do something else. Sell snow shovels. Go do something. Go sell a bag of dirt because you know what? You're not helping anyone. You're robbing people's souls. You're robbing people's souls. Take your Bible. If you have a Bible, take your Bible. Hold your Bible up. Look at your Bible. This Bible is a very powerful book. It's a powerful and dangerous tool. There is victory in your Bible. You can put your Bible down. There is victory in this. This is the real word of God. Well, I don't know about that. I can hear you, but this is the word of God. How do I know? Because I did what it told me to do, and it yielded the result. It said, if I called on the name of the Lord, I would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking of tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, and I received the Holy Ghost. It worked. It said, if I repented of my sins, that, that, that he would purge my conscience of dead works. So how did you quit smoking? How did you stop all those things? It what, had nothing to do with my willpower at all. It had all to do with him. It had to do because I obeyed the word of God. Because, see, someone had the guts to say, if you're still living in sin, if you're still fornicating, if you're still living with someone who's not your wife, if you're still doing all this other stuff like that, you're not going to heaven. See, they don't want to hear that because they're worried about dollars. They're worried about all people hurting their feelings. But, see, in order for you to get right with the Lord, you have to have your feelings hurt. And you gotta, you got to be able to have take, take a little bit and take some truth and forget about your feelings and how we, we have directed things to our lives saying, well, you know, that's just how I feel. That, that's not good. Those people that were at, at, at Pilate's sacrifice, they, they were no worse people than anywhere else in the Galileans, but they, 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 didn't, they didn't have the opportunity to get themselves right, and they died. The people in the inside of the Tower of Siloam, 18 of those people died. See, they went to Jesus, and they thought, you know, hey, Lord, what about these people? What about these people? He said, what about you, basically? He said, you know, if you don't repent, you're going to perish. John the Baptist didn't preach any other doctrine. He was, when he was in the third chapter in the book of Luke, he said, the soldier said to him, what shall we do? People wanted to know, what shall we do? What shall we do to get right? What shall we do to get right? We need to repent. But see, in the church, we don't need to repent anymore. But see, if we knew what our Bible said, in our Bible, is a, it's a dangerous tool. Because you, you start reading the Bible, and you start reading the Bible, and you start applying this word to your life, it will, it will, it will grab a hold of you. It's the engrafted word that will save your soul. This word will get into you. The Lord will minister you with, through the word of God. The word of God is powerful. It is a powerful tool, and the devil is afraid of the word of God because that's the only thing you can kick back the devil with is the sword of the spirit. But if we don't know the word of God, all we got is a song. All we got is a good saying. All we have is our idea. 
So the devil's now got a foothold. He's taken an opportunity to take your prayer life. He's gotten an opportunity to steal the word of God. You open the Bible and it's a, it's, a, it's a chore. You think that you're lifting plywood. You think you're lifting two by fours going up five flights of stairs because you have to read a verse of scripture. I mean, we, you, we're, 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 we've, we've, we've fallen away. We've forgotten where our deliverance is from. The word of God is a delight. The word of God is strength to us. The word of God gives us hope. It's a Bible. This Bible is a word. It's hope in there. There's mercy in there. There's forgiveness in there. There's wisdom. There's instruction and righteousness in here. There's grace. There is victory. There is victory in here. There is victory in here. There is victory in here. There's praise. There's military strategy instructions that military generals have been looking at for thousands of years, looking at the battles of David and all the, 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 the kings in the Old Testament. They looked at what the instructions were, and they copied those battle plans. There's nothing new under the sun, and it gave them the victory. There's healing in this book. There's saving in this book. There's triumph in this book, in the word of God. Why would we not close it? Why would we not open it? Why would we not apply it to our word? Because you, the devil has a foothold. He's got a foothold. He's got a foothold in your head. He's got a foothold in your mind. He's got a foothold in your psyche. He's got a foothold in your spirit. The people are being brought back from the dead in this book. That's what we're supposed to copy. In the book of Acts is our example. There's, there's no end chapter in the book of Acts. We are in the book of Acts. We are in the Acts of the Apostles. What chapter we're in, we don't know. But I tell you right now, the Lord is soon to come. He is soon to come. People are being freed from demons in this book. Souls are receiving the Holy Ghost in this Bible. Judgment and justice is in this Bible. Promises and precious promises are in this Bible. Everything that you need to make it from here to glory is in this Bible. So why don't we take heed to it? Because the devil has caused a foothold. Because of life circumstance, he's gotten you not to believe the word of God. Because of life circumstances, you will not forgive that brother or sister because he's got a foothold. And if I have to relinquish that burden, that, that grudge against my brother and sister, then I am the weaker. But what he's done is he's winding you up, winding you up further, winding you up. The more that you hold on to that, the worse that you feel, the tighter that it is. This preaching bothers you because you won't repent. This is for somebody here. If you let the Lord surrender all that stuff you're holding on to, that stubbornness, that stuff that you trip upon, it's almost become a, an article of furniture, the, the, the stubbornness, the, un, the rebellion, the, the unforgiveness, you name it. It's almost like you trip over it because it's in your life so much. Everywhere you go, it's there. It's every, every little thing, every time someone bothers you, it goes right back to it. It's like it happened yesterday, but it happened 15 years ago. It happened 20 years ago. It happened, it happened five months ago. You name it how long it is, but it's still there. You can't let it go. You can't forgive. And see, your prayer can't be answered, and you can't be free if you don't forgive. Read Mark chapter 11. You, whosoever believeth, right? But if you don't forgive your brother and sister, there's nothing going to happen. We have to let this stuff go. So he spake a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted by the vineyard. And there came and saw fruit thereon and found none. We don't want to be in the church of Jesus Christ and not have fruit. 
We don't want to be in here a whole time and have dried up fruit. We don't want to be in a place where the Lord is looking for us and to use us and to come back another year and another year and another year. And the Lord is long-suffering and mercy. We know we've held on to stuff that we should have let go. You've heard the word of God. You've had the altar calls. You've had the prayer lines. But the prayer line is not going to help you until you surrender. The Lord will loose you, but you have to surrender. We can get all of us to pray for you, but if you won't yield, nothing's going to happen. But when you say, yes, Lord, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'm going to do this. I don't like the way I feel. I'm going to feel embarrassed when this happens. I'm going to feel like everybody knows about my stuff. I'm going to feel like I have to go back to that brother or sister and say, I'm sorry. that they're just, I'm going to, I'm just, My reputation is going to be different. Things are not going to be right. So the enemy is just injecting. He's trying to tie you up in that stronghold because you've given him an opportunity. But you can close that opportunity today by changing. By changing, by changing. Say, Lord, I just want to bear fruit. Repeat after me. Lord, I want to bear fruit. You want to bear fruit. You want to bear fruit. Bear fruit. Bearing fruit is good. Being the same way you are as people try to talk to you and tell you you need to change and you need to stop doing this and you need to do this and you need to come up. And this stuff is not hard. This is just kind of simple. But we're rebelling. We're bucking against the word of God. We're, we're, we're bucking against people that are over us. We're bucking against people of authority, whether it be in our job, whether it be in the pulpit, whether it be a mother, whether it be a deacon. We're bucking against it. We're bucking in every area of our life like we think we're going to win. You can't win with this God. You cannot outbox God. He, he, he'll just let you go on and be destroyed. But he said, if you repent, you won't perish. He told Jezebel, he gave her space to repent of her fornication, all that nonsense that she was involved in causing people of God to sin. She would not repent. And you know, we don't have to be that way. No one's trying to pick your pocket. No one's trying to mess with you. No one's trying to mess with your spouse. No one's trying to mess with your car. No one's trying to mess with your job. We're here so you can be saved. We're here so you can be delivered. You have to play a part in that. And we have to have the love for the word of God. We have to have a love for the word of God. We have to have a love for the word of God. Because if you don't know the word of God, the stronghold is already there. You've already made up in your mind you're not going to listen. You've already made up in your mind I'm not going to do it. But you know what? You know the apostle, the apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the apostle Peter asked Jesus at one point. He said, then, he, they said then unto them, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto him, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. This is, this, is, this is serious business. It's serious business because the Lord wants to use his church. But he's not going to fall over and stumble over sin. He's not going to stumble over unforgiveness. He's not going to go over it like you go over it. He's not going to stub his toe because you, we won't get it right. He's not going to do that. He's not going to ignore it. He's going to keep dressing it. He's going to keep... Ringing the doorbell. It's not to torment you. It's so that you change. It's so that I change. It's so that we change in our mind so the devil doesn't have the preeminence. See, the devil should, the devil should be right here under our foot. You're praying, you're seeking the Lord in the morning, and the devil tries to introduce stuff. You need to say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. The blood of Jesus Christ be against you. And praise the Lord and seek the Lord and keep calling on his name until you get your deliverance. You don't let him sit there and give you sucker punches, talk of ideas of leaving the church, talk about people that don't like you. That's the devil. That's a stronghold. 
in John chapter 15, it says, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. We don't believe that, do we? If we resist the Lord wherever you are, and I'm talking everywhere, United States, world, this Bible is universal. It's in almost every language. They, if you mean business and you're in Christ, we have to bear fruit. We have to bear fruit. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring more, forth more fruit. So you're, you're, you're vacuuming. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, you can't have a one-trick pony. Okay? The Lord has other things for you. Okay? It's not just vacuuming. But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except ye abide in the vine. No more can you except ye abide in me. You can't go out and do what you want to do and not be connected to the Lord Jesus Christ and prosper. It's, it's just not going to happen. It says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You hear me? Without Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. I didn't say anything. You can, without Bishop Geddes, you can do nothing. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We answer to Jesus. We've come in here and we've been regulated, regulated, regulated to a man. We, we see our pastor and you should have respect and reverence for our bishop because he, he's, he's not a novice. And, and, and that word of God that, that comes, that the Lord uses from him, he delivered my soul from that word of God. My soul is being renewed through the word of God. We're not teaching some other doctrine. But we are attaching ourselves. Our prayer life should be to Jesus Christ. Our loyalty, our allegiance, the word of God, and everything we do should be to Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be to, to someone else. Otherwise, you become a man pleaser. But you're not going to get your deliverance if you don't couple the word of God with prayer and fasting. And the word of God is alive. It's a living word. Oh, I've read that already. Oh, really? I'll tell you what. Be honest. Be honest about yourself and say, Lord, show me. And the Lord will bring you to a chapter, bring you to a book, and he'll show you yourself. And tears will come down your face and repentance will come. But see, if, if you can't get the word of God in you, who's going to talk to you? Oprah? Dr. Phil? One of these people in the afternoon? Some of these people that are heretics? you got a whole bunch of people right now writing all kinds of books, all kinds of authors, but they're strongholds in their lives because they don't believe this is the word of God. They don't believe that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll speak in other tongues. They don't believe this. They're teaching false teaching. You don't have to be baptized. You have IHS, that 104.9, the local one. you got a whole bunch of people, all kinds of strange doctrines. Some of them mean well, but some people are so off that, you know, some people just say, you know what? Some people believe that, and that's why they don't come to church anymore. They, they, they turn the TV on, they turn the radio on, and I, and I got my word. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, because, you know, sometimes the preacher doesn't know what he's going to say until he comes out here. Sometimes you have a few notes, and all of a sudden the Lord speaks another word. When I first started doing this, I started writing some things down, and I thought I, 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 thought I was being led by the Lord. And, and you know what the Lord said to me? Cross it all out, start all over. 
and I looked at my watch and I, and I didn't get upset, but I just said to myself, I'm going to listen to that voice. Because if I go out and do this on my own, there's not going to be any kind of deliverance. There's not going to be any fruit of the ministry. And you have to have, to have a heart and a love for the word of God. You have to have a love for Jesus. He saved you. No matter your predicament that you're going through, whatever life circumstances, he hasn't left you. He hasn't left you. There's no excuse for not knowing his word. I'm not saying that you have to go to Yale or you have to go to Trinity or you have to do all these things, but there's no excuse not to know the word of God. And if you don't know the word of God, get along somebody else and go through it. But start with the basics. This is a new year. If you've fallen off by the wayside and, and, you, and, you, and you've made a promise and you, you, and you didn't go and you didn't have your devotions with the Lord and the 23rd Psalm was your meat all of 2018, Lord have mercy. But the bottom line is couple the word of God. Have, take the, the stick out of the devil's hand. Break and destroy the stronghold by obeying what the word of God says. Don't go through the rest of this year stumbling over unforgiveness, stumbling over disobedience, stumbling over, I won't forgive my sister or my brother, having grudges, avoiding this one, that one. You're hurting yourself. But the Lord wants to heal you. He doesn't want to just heal your body. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your heart. But we have to let him in. We have to let him do what he does best, and he puts things back together again. You know, when, when someone's purged, they're, they're doing good in the Lord. They're making some progress. And the Lord comes up with some, with some snippers, and he just kind of cuts you. And it's like, oh, what was that? And that was a little bit of purging. But, you know, your arm doesn't fall off. It just gets a little bit clipped. Sometimes it's our ego. Sometimes it's a, a little bit of humbling. Sometimes I, I, I've been doing this all my life. Yeah, I know. And look at the result. It's time now to get your hands off the steering wheel of life. It's time now to let Jesus Christ drive the car. It's time now to let him take over the ship. Because, you know, you can't go too far every time that you take the ship and you drive it into the rocks. You drive it into the rocks. You drive it into the rocks. And then all of a sudden, you know what you do? Every time you get off and you drive it into the rocks and, and, and you, you have nowhere to go, you get off the boat and you leave the church. Because you, you, you're not understanding. You're not in charge. See, without me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said. See, you can't argue with him. But he doesn't have destruction for your life. He wants to make your life sweet. The word of God is a healing bomb. The word of God will change your life for the better. But we have to break the habits. We have to make up in our mind that I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to come in here anymore and just sit and dry up. If you praise the Lord and you close your eyes and you worship the Lord, he will move upon you. If we come in here and say, I'll outsit him, you'll watch everyone be blessed and you'll be unhappy. That's the devil. That's a stronghold. So what you should do, Lord willing, we have service on Sunday or the next time that we come in here, change your seat. Change your seat and mean it. Say, Lord, I'm not going to go through this anymore. If I have to get things right, I'm going to get things right. If I have to do this and do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change because, see, you have it within you, in your spirit to change. He'll do the rest. But, see, you have to yield. You have to yield. No one locks you up, puts a gun to your head and says, download porn pornography. Go look at it for a while. 
Okay, now you're condemned. Okay, turn it off. And then you come in here saying, I have no control over it. You did it. No one told you to go pick up a cigarette. You did it. No one told you to hate your brother or sister. You did it. No one told you to steal or lie. You did it. The bottom where, where the Lord gets involved in is that, Lord, I renounce all those things. I want to change life. I want things to be different. I'm going to give everything to you. All this stuff that I have in my backpack that I've been carrying, and I can't really carry it, and I put it down, and then I pick it back up again, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm walking around, and, and it's like cans. It's like, it's like you're, you can hear it as you're walking. You can relet that all go, and he will light you up. And do you know what? When you get your deliverance, don't let the devil tell you you're not delivered. His stronghold and the way he tries to go in there is to let you know that you're not free. You're not delivered. You don't have anything. Do you know after I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I was with Elder Robertson. We were in Plainville, and I was speaking with tongues that the Spirit gave utterance, and the Lord was just anointing me. And you know what the devil was saying the whole time? You don't got it. That's not it. You don't got it. That's not, that's not it. You don't got it. What do you think? The, the devil, he just he doesn't care. He, that's how crazy he is. You've never spoken in tongues before. You've never been under the anointing like that. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Go back to Romans chapter 8 and pray in the Spirit. Don't pray these canned prayers. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Let the Holy Ghost minister unto you. Let him speak through you. Let him anoint you. But you have to spend time. This world is going to slap us in the face if we don't prepare ourselves. Because what's going on right now, if you don't see it, don't forget about the politics of this society and, and all the stuff that's on the news that's in your face. There's other things that are going on in the world right now, and it's horrible. China right now, they are driven the church into the ground. Uh, about a month ago, they went in and they, and they took the pastors and they arrested the pastors. They took their phones. They took pictures of all the people who went to the church, and they sent them away. And they're in an underground church. And these people are still trying to worship, still trying to have church. And we're coming in here, and, 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 and I'm sorry, we, we just take it for granted. We don't know what's going to happen in society. They are trying to shut everyone's mouth to politically correct. You, we, we believe in real marriage between a man and a woman. They are trying to teach our children about climate change and about gender and all other nonsense. Some woman got on a bus with, my, with, with, with Catherine and Rachel. And, and, and this child is a boy, and he's only a, a preschooler, and he's wearing women's clothes. His mother is dressing him as a woman. And so Kat, Rachel, she didn't know better because this is about a year ago. She just calls it what it is. Thank you, Jesus. And she goes, he's dressed up like a girl. And his mother heard that, and she hopped on a bus and tried to rebuke both of them. But you know what? You, you know that he's a boy. They got it right. But you know Catherine had to go to the principal. My wife, had, we had a call. You understand? Even the, these, these administrators, they're confused. They're not buying into this. This is an experiment. It's the devil. It's the devil. And what happens when this kid's dressing up like a girl, and all of a sudden he gets in high school and says, you know something, I'm, I'm a boy. I feel like a boy. I, I'm attracted to females. That's what boys are supposed to be attracted to. So all of a sudden, he pulls all that stuff off. He cuts his hair. But those kids, because kids are sick too, they'll never forget you're the guy that dressed like the girl. We need to pray, like Elder Geddes said, everyone from zero to five. Pray for them, that the Lord cover them with his blood. All those from five into college, we need to pray for them because they are being attacked. 
You know, they're, they're facing things that I had the Sunday school class. I'm almost done. Stand up with me, please. That way I'll stop quick. I had the Sunday school class last Sunday, and I think they're in fourth and fifth grade. And some of the things they told me the last 10 minutes of the class, I am grieved in my heart for them. Because what's going on in their class right now, in their school, was going on in high school. But now it's skipped a generation to the point now that they have skipped middle, uh, middle school. And now it's in fifth grade where these kids are swearing at teachers. Fifth graders swearing at teachers. If I swore at a teacher six feet under, you'd never see me again. You would know who I was except for a tombstone. My father was not a joke. He wasn't perfect, but he was not a joke. Kids throwing rocks at cars during recess, tries to blame one of the brothers over here, broke the window. One of them was swearing at the teacher and didn't want to have homework, so he called 911 on the teacher. This is craziness. It's craziness. It goes on and on and on. And you know what? There is hope. There is deliverance. It's not all bad news. But because of lack of knowledge, we are being destroyed. We have an obligation because of the word of God. You need to take this word and, and to say, Lord, put it in my heart. Lord, let me read it and let me meditate upon it. Let me read it. Let me meditate it. Let me live 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 it. Let me make a difference so I can lose somebody. You're not gonna just going to come in here so you can just sit here and just worship. You're supposed to go out there and lose someone. Loose them from demons. Heal them from their bodies. You don't know why their bodies are, 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 are going through. They're going through affliction. That woman had, hey, she was hunched over for 18 years because of Satan. And you know when she got loose? She got loosed on a Sunday. She got loosed on a Sabbath day. And they were hot with him. Well, when are you supposed to get loosed? We, we have a prayer line, and the anointing's coming around. Get in the prayer line. Close your eyes and don't worry about everyone else. The Holy Ghost won't do anything to you. You won't get hurt. Don't tense up. Let the Lord loose you. Let the Lord free you. Let him free your mind. Take away the stick from the stronghold the devil is trying to sow in your family, in your marriage, in your heart. You know, some of you, I've been thinking that you have husbands that are not in the church. I believe that they're going to come. If we continue praying and we do what's right, they will come if you continue praying. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. They can see what's going on in this society and they see how you're living. And that's totally opposite what this society is. Start with your children. We had children that were in the church. Go back and get them. Start little bits, pieces, pieces, pieces. How do you need an elephant? Bit by bit, right? Start with kindness. Start with forgiveness. Start with apologies. Whatever you have to do to pave that over like you would do to a brother or sister. I don't know what that's like to the children, but the Lord is giving it to me because I'm praying for your families. Because, see, I know what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to conquer and divide. There's nothing new. But, see, if we pray like we're supposed to be praying. The prayer that we have here before service on Friday and on Sunday and the prayers we have here on Thursday, on Tuesday and Thursday, they're going up before the Lord. We keep coming. It's going to happen. But see, the reason that we're not seeing the real powerful deliverance in our lives is because we have a stronghold. We allow the enemy to have a stronghold and tie us up doubting the word of God. I believe this scripture, but I don't believe that one. How can you do that? You have to get to the point that I'm saved, 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 sanctified, but I'm saved because of the word of God. Because there's nothing worse that I, I've seen someone come in, receive the Holy Ghost, they never come to church again. They, they've never come in, they got baptized, received the Holy Ghost, and then they walked out because there was no knowledge. And then we have to go behind them and stay with them. But you know, 
to have someone like Brother James or like myself, we knew what it was like to kneel. We knew it was like to pray. We knew it was like to struggle. We knew it was like to cry. We knew it was like to make promises. I'm not coming back anymore because the Lord didn't fill me with the Holy Ghost. And the next day we're coming back. All those things that you play in your mind, they because you want something you can't get on your own because you won't yield. And see, the Lord wants to heal your body, but you have to yield. The Lord wants to heal your marriage, but you have to yield. He wants to help your family, you have to yield. He wants to help your children, but you have to yield. You have to change because you can't draw someone if you won't change. If you want prayer, come down to the altar. Talk to the Lord about the thing that you want changed. What do you want changed? What do you want changed in your life?